everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. continuing with um, hope for our home. And actually, this is the final chapter for Sunday. We have a bonus track on Wednesdays, right? We've been calling Wednesdays a bonus tracks uh, on this subject. But today, we are going to be closing off what is hope for your home with family fundamentals. Say with me, family fundamentals. Um, my daughter just went there with the whole thing, right, of going in the doorway because it's the sturdiest. And that's basically what we're talking about. We're talking about the fundamentals. We're talking about what makes your family, what's going to make your family that sturdy. Like, you know, you're not going to get under a flimsy table. You're not going to run for the hills. No, you're going to know exactly what must be present in your home for it to be successful, for us to be able to have hope for our home. So when someone asks Jesus in the Bible, what's the most important thing? They're like, okay, we understand all the commandments and then everything that was added to the Ten Commandments that were like hundreds and hundreds of other rules and regulations and stuff. But then, you know, they ask Jesus and they're like, okay, tell us what is that minimum? What is like the most important, important thing? And Jesus replied this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Jesus called it the the first commandment. Say the great, the great of the first commandment. Sorry, the great and the first commandment. God commanded us that the highest priority of our family, of ourselves and our family, is that we all love, we all follow, we all trust God in every circumstance. That's why on Wednesday, in our bonus track Wednesday, I was saying that one of the number one priority that I have as a mother, the number one priority that the Rodriguez home put in place was that I wanted to make sure I raised girls that not only feared and respected God, but knew that he was crucial that they could they they were completely dependent on God independent as women independent also in their thinking right that they could do things and get things done for themselves but that they are truly dependent on God that everything that we would do would be dependent on him the family is the channel through which truth is passed to that future generation Right? It's that fundamental, that knowing that God is it. He's it. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's it. If you can get that into your children, into your grandchildren, if you can get that into your husband, even though he might not come with you to church, or your wife that might not come, or your parents, if you can live a life to where they can see how dependent you are, your friends can see how dependent you are on God, how much you trust in God, because a hope for the future, a hope for your family, in reality, is a trust in God that he is in control in your future, that he will use your past, that he will use your present to give you a future that he's already predestined for you. So in this hope is hope in what? Not hope in yourself, not hope in, in, you know, good, in good vibes, no hope in God, say in God. So it's called us, the word of God has called us to be diligent, to be diligent in this. 
Diligent means dedicated. You should be dedicated to your, for your children, your family, to all be completely dependent on God. We're not just crossing our fingers, right, and hoping on good luck. We're not just like, oh, I hope my girls turn out good. Like, I hope, man, when Danny and Nicole have their, their baby, you know, in the future, I'm already, like, prophesying there, right? And I'm like, when a baby comes, like, man, I hope that they'll come, like, the baby will want to come to church. I hope that, you know, we'll go to, to summer camp. What? Wait a minute. You know, I'm not crossing my fingers. There has to be action to that hope. Say action. Yeah, there has to be action. There has to be legs to that hope. What am I going to do? You know, what part am I going to play? What example am I going to give to make sure that my grandson, my granddaughter in the future, my daughter and her husband want to continue to be in the church, want to continue to depend on God, not because I force them to, but because in their hearts they are called to God by the examples that we have lived. Can someone say, yes, Lord, amen, hallelujah. Come on, come on. If you're in agreement, give God the glory. And there is hope for your home. Don't throw in the towel. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't throw in the towel. Some of y'all throw in the towel even on your parents, right? You're like, oh man, there's no hope for them. Let me tell you, there is hope for them. There is hope for them. And his name is Jesus Christ, right? There is hope. Maybe you've turned in the towel on that son or on that family member, on that friend. You're like, no, I mean, they're like, no, they have their already the first class ticket to hell. I mean, no, they are so bought into that. Don't, don't say, no, I'm going to rip up that ticket. I'm going to have that hope, but we have to model God's love. Proverbs 24, three says it takes wisdom to have a good family. It really does. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding. When you're like, hmm, I get it. I understand. It says it takes understanding to make it strong. you got to get it. What, what are you saying? That's why I'm, oh, because i got to get every single thing. I'm such a bad parent. I can't get things right. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you knowing and being the best parent. I'm talking about your children or you as, a, as an older sister, older brother to your siblings, or as you as that cousin or you as that friend that you're home, right? Not that you would get everything right, but that you would have that understanding that we depend completely on God, that we would be reverent to him, that we would be dedicated to him, that we would live a life so that others can see the love of Jesus through us. Wisdom and understanding. Say wisdom and understanding. So I'm going to touch on these, these, what I would say are the complete uh, fundamental, like if there's anything, if I could just share with you about family, if I could share with you about home, this is it. This is it. Number one, authentic faith, authentic, authentic. Say with me, authentic, real, not with the mass, not a two face, not a pretender, not a wannabe, because there's more to Christianity than Sunday. Come on, you guys. Let me just let you know that there's more to Christianity than today, than Sunday. And what makes the biggest difference in that what's going to impact our homes 
is the Christianity that we live out on Monday and Tuesday on that every day. It really does need to be all-consuming, vibrant, real, a real relationship with God. Because things get tough and things get get heated in the home. And, and, and people have different opinions and we all have different wants or needs or whatever, you know. It's like somebody wants this, the other person wants that. We all have different uh, temperaments. And we say things sometimes that hurt each other. But above all of that above all of that or within all of that, we have to have this authentic faith in order to get through our differences. It has to go beyond Bible memorization. I love to memorize the word of God, but it has to go beyond that. I I, I don't even want to call her out, but this is so bad. I had somebody in my family that very, like, down the line, right? Okay, not like close family, down the line family. And if you're watching, tia, I'm sorry, but tia abuela, But that lady was crazy. She did not miss a Sunday in church. She did not miss a prayer meeting. She didn't miss anything. Like, she was it. She would drive the buses for the youth to go to camp. She would do everything. But she was the worst stepmother to my cousins. She would she would hit them so hard. I remember I used to go, and I'm sorry if you're watching, but it's the truth. And it was so heartbreaking for me. And as I wrote this, it reminded me of that. And how it was that she would use the word of God to punish those kids. She would make them write out the Bible as a punishment if they were wrong. You had to write out like as a penitence. She would use the word of God and you, you know what? We might say, oh wow, but how many times have we used religion? How many times have we used our Christianity to put somebody else down? To look down upon our husband, to criticize our children, to criticize those family members instead of loving them, instead of having a real authentic faith. I'm saying, you know what? I cry with those that cry and I laugh with those that laugh. God is good and I know that you're feeling hopeless right now. I don't have all of the answers, but I do have the answer, which is Jesus Christ. And use the word of God. Be real with it. Be authentic with it. Be raw with it. Creating a home. Right? That we're not not just hiding behind closed doors, but even behind closed doors. When the doors are closed, when the lights are off, when it's just you and your family. Like, are you actually a Christian? Do you actually believe that? Do you fear the Lord? Do you know that he is looking at you? The decisions you're making, the conversations you're having. Come on, kids, the hate you feel towards your parents sometimes. Like, do you go to God with that and say, why do I feel this? You know, God help me. And not just as a, as, as a gesture in public, but it's this authentic faith in private. Proverbs 14, 26 says this reverence to the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. Because you are reverent to God, your children have a space, have a place where they can find that refuge, where they can find that security, where they know that, yes, times are hard or or things might not go the way we want. But you know what? God is our refuge. He is our rock. Can someone say amen and give God glory? Come on, come on. This is the only tool that works. It's like when people ask me about finances and they'll tell me and they'll start talking because I'm, I'm, I'm really good at finances. It's 
one of our strengths, I think, as a couple, Mario and I, but that's what I graduated in, and that's what I do. It just comes naturally. I've told you guys, like, finances, budgeting, all that kind of stuff. But, like, when someone asks me about finances, my first question is, like, okay, after they, they'll tell me and their ideas, and I'm like, but do you tithe? And they're like, I'm like, I know this is awkward, but, like, do you tithe? Because I can give you all of these plus, like, all of these these good, you know, this guide, but if you don't fear God and you're not, you're not giving all of that to God, then how can you expect him to bless you? And, and in nature, he will, because the Bible says that he makes it rain, right? So we're just, and the people that are unjust, yes, but there is a blessing, a true blessing in your life when you're a, when you are a faithful tither. And so it's kind of like people come to me and say, hey, I want your home or I want your family or I want your children and I want your life. And I I saw how this is played out. But then I'm like, are you reverent to God? Are you an authentic Christian? Are you, do you have authentic faith on Monday? Do you have authentic faith on Wednesday? Do you have authentic faith every day with your kids, even when they're about, that's what it's about. Not merely external, but internal and not hypocritical. Hope for your home is Jesus, and that needs to be every single day. Can I get an amen? So authentic faith, amen. Two, intentional schedules. Now we're getting super practical. Intentional schedules. As they grow, it gets worse. Because before, I had to drive them everywhere, right? So you guys might get driven around by your parents still. And I still remember when we were going to ballet, or we're going to dance, or we're going to this to cheer until they, you know, Give me back the pom-poms. They didn't want to be cheerleaders. I cried. I cried. Still haven't gotten over it. I'm asking for healing from God. But anyway, I remember in the car, like, they're changing in the back. They're eating. You know, I'd put in the Tupperwares. They're eating. I pick one up, take one here. I literally, you ha- there's a time where you feel like a taxi, right? So it starts like you can't even. And then when they're little, like, you can't even go to the bathroom by yourself. Like, their little fingers like, Mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm popping. You know, like, leave me alone. Like, like, literally, they're there all the time. I'm like, like, go. Like, you don't need to be here and, like, smell. Like, there's just some, they don't care. They want to be there. They didn't care. Now they're like, ah, whatever, whatever. You used to smell it. Well, anyway. And um, they just want to be with us all the time. And then they get cars. And we're like, yes. And we're sending them to, to Walmart for milk, you know. We're sending them there now. And But then something happens. When they grow, each person gets their own schedules. And that's really well, that's really good. I mean, we should all, but the thing is we have to come together as a family, as a home. That's why we put schedules. That's why we let you know months before, even at church, hey, you guys, on Christmas, we're actually changing our services to 5.30 and 7 p.m. And we're having Christmas and, and, and um, cocoa on Christmas day, on Christmas night, you know, and we're going to spend together. Why do, are we telling you this? Why do, do we always do announcements and tell you about calendar and remind you about the dates? Because it's important that you come. It's important to us. What's important, you're going to schedule And not only do you schedule, you put a reminder. And if it's really important, you put two reminders. You put like an hour before and then you get another reminder 30 minutes before. Right, you guys? You're you're intentional about it. But you know that a lot of times we're not intentional with our kids. We give them the extra or we're not intentional. You as kids with us as your parents. Making space for us as well. We understand you have schedules. We understand that you have things to do. But the thing is that we have to be intentional for each other because you are intentional with what you think is important. 
You must be intentional about what is important and why it's important. Not only the what is important, but why. Your morning routine, your after-school routine, your nighttime routine. Maybe your kid doesn't, you know, need you anymore to take them to dance or gymnastics or soccer. Maybe you don't have time. But maybe, just maybe, Dad, you know, I know you're, you're really tired. You get up really early. But maybe then that's why you do the, the tucking in the bed. Right? Or maybe you don't go to work till later and maybe you wake up an hour early to make them breakfast so you guys can all eat breakfast together. Or maybe it's praying in the car on the way to school and have, there's things, there's ways that even as a full-time mom, if you're working two jobs, there's ways, if you're intentional, you will find ways to love your children and to invest time with them. Can I get an amen? Number three, discover purpose. Say with me, discover purpose. What's unique about your family? Each member, each member, don't want to make them all the same. God didn't cookie cutter your family. Love them for who they are. And then don't try to live your life through them either. Some of y'all, you know, want to be soccer stars. Your kid does not like soccer. And not only does he not like soccer, he's not good at it. But there you are, taking him to all the things, you know, forcing it, and then yelling at him, traumatizing him or her. Because you want them to be, do you want them to, no, chill out, relax. I'm not telling you not to involve your kids in sports. I'm not telling you that. But don't do it for the wrong reasons. Love them for who they are and invest in each one. Please never tell your kid, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be more like your sister? Comparison kills families. Acts twenty twenty four says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. I consider, recognize that what is that task? I want to finish the task. Each one of us has a task assigned. Your kids, each one of your children... Right? Each one of your girls has a task. Each one of your children has a special task. But it's not your task. It's not your calling. It's theirs. As parents, as a home, maybe your parents have never had this love. Maybe it's your task to love them and to, to help them, to, to also help them discover. It, it goes both ways, right? Us with our parents and our parents with us. Recognize what that task is because that's going to bring purpose to your home. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Because most times when we're trying to find out their purpose and their task, you know, we see one and one's super good at something and the other one, like, hi, you're such a burro. You know, like, we're, like, we laugh at those videos where they're like, okay, there was five apples. Right? And there we are. We're literally trembling. Five apples. And I ate one. One. I ate it. <laughs> How many apples? And you're like standing there with about sweating, trembling. The kids are like, you know what I'm saying? Literally. And we laugh at it, but it's so true. It's just so true. What we do with our words how we're impacting our children with the tone of our voice. It says, but please don't let any of that come out of your mouth because you're damaging your home. And it's not just the children. 
It's your wife. It's your husband. If you always react to your husband with like, oh, like, you know, you're castrating him. Each time you're demoting him, you're telling him, move over. I don't need you as the head of the home. Because of the way that you react or you with your wife. We're women. We need those loving words. We need that little attention, that extra, you know, yes, you got to breathe and, and watch your words, watch everything. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Anything worth anything, right? It's worth having to get uncomfortable. And sometimes we got to do that. Regret. One regret I do have, and I think, and I know some people are like, no, you should never regret. You should never regret. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I, I, I totally understand it. You shouldn't never regret. But sometimes I do have that regret. Regret on words that I held back and words that I said too much with my girls. I do. I'm honest. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And I even get like, huh. Right? I regret stuff. I regret sometimes words I didn't say. Advice I didn't give or whatever. It's like, and then it's gone. I regret complaining so much about how clingy they were or how much they wanted to be held. Because then I say, oh. I wish I could hold them now, right? Just like, like, like that, like a little baby. I can, right? I can hold you. I try to touch Isabella many times, but this is something she's not very, she's always been super independent on that. She's like, mom, mom, stop, you know? Or I, it, but I, I had years. If you still have those years, invest take that time. Have hope for your home. Maybe you weren't showed love. Maybe you weren't affirmed. Maybe you haven't then done, done it to, to this day with your children, but there's today. Today I woke up, I texted my two daughters. I said, like, hey, are we having lunch today? You guys free for lunch? I miss you. I want to see you. You know, like, it's like, I want to see them. I want to schedule time with them. Because I don't want to get to even farther on and then regret more. And I'm ending because I know the piano is going for right relationships. Right relationships. This is so important, you guys. And I talk to you that are younger and you're still at home. And you might feel like we're nitpicking your friends. Right? And you're like, but it's so important. Your relationships are so important. Your, your parents, if they don't have friends... Or good friends, also talk to them about that. They need a group of friends because you've become that. You don't just need friends. You need good friends. Friends of value. Friends that will tell you the truth. Friends that will inspire you. There's some friends that you help and there's others that help you, right? There's some, or in some area you're stronger and some area they're stronger. Some, area you can lead, some area they lead. We have all types of friends. But the right relationship can come and damage a home. Please don't let your kids have a girlfriend or boyfriend too young in age. But let them know why. It's not because we're haters. It's not. But you have to, you have to explain to them. A lot of y'all letting them have boyfriend at 12 years old, 13 years old, 
Well, that's why they're 16, 17. They've already had two sexual partners. And why do I say it? Because I talk to your kids at camp. It takes about five minutes for you to talk to them and love on them that they will open up their heart to you. It just takes a little bit. It takes love. It takes dedication. It takes that you see them, that you want, that you, they know you want to hear them. Without judgment, but with love. Right relationships. If your mom or your dad says, I don't think that's a good friend for you. I know it's going to hurt. I know you're not going to like it. But can you decide because you fear God and because you love God and you depend on God that you're going to allow your parents to speak into your life? That if you're even here, you can tell your parents, you know what? I used to fight you on this, mom and dad. But you guys have already been where I was. If you see something in one of my friends you don't like, let me know. If you see, because I want to honor you and I respect your opinion. That would just change families, you guys. That would change families. Come on. Let's have real conversation. Let's not live in Barney land. Let's have real, real conversations. And with this, I want to end amazing grace. Amazing grace. And this is number five, but in reality, this is what we need on a daily grace for our family. Your home needs grace. For you to have hope, you got to extend grace. There's no way for you to have hope without the grace because then the first thing that they do it again, ah, see, that's impossible. You throw in the towel again. No, don't give over. Don't, don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your home. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your parents. Don't give up on your, on your generation. Have grace. A relationship can only withstand the test of time if it is covered with grace. Because grace is what gives it that, that give, the give and take, the pull. What allows people to make mistakes and to be able to look at them and say, it's okay, you made a mistake with me, but I love you. You are my friend. You are my daughter. You are, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can do to separate my love for you. Does it hurt me? It hurts me. Right? Does it make me sad? Yes. Do I get frustrated? Yes. But my love is extended with that grace. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Please stand to your feet. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Every time we do a funeral, we always use Ecclesiastes. And if you go, you know you're going to, hear the verses that say the thing like there's a time for everything under the sun right a time to laugh and a time to cry right allow a time to build a time to tear down a time like I read that it's one of my favorite things to read not just in funerals but it's, it's true it's 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 wisdom right there's a time for everything but then there's this part on verse five and it says this there's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones and I was like that's weird that's so weird right? Okay. I always saw, okay, you're going to, well, there's a time to like throw them and then a time to like keep them. I'm like, okay. that. I mean, the other stuff just makes more sense, you know, like cry and laugh and, and for like, like go for war in times of peace, but the scattering stones and, and, and gathering stones. So I, I, I studied a little bit more and then I saw that it actually comes from another story in the Bible. 
See, this Ecclesiastes verse 5 is making reference to Genesis verse 31, 46. When Jacob, okay, worked for his father-in-law Laban. And he swindled him and gave him the ugly sister. Okay, the ugly, his, I mean his ugly daughter first. Then he made him, Jacob, work another seven years and then gave him Rachel. Then he was like, you're going to work. You're not, you're not just going to be with me. You're going to work for me. And then he's like, I'll give you these sheep. And then he's like, but you're, he gave him the worst sheep. But then the worst sheep had good sheep. And then he's like, okay, no, you're having too many sheep. So you'll get the spotted sheep. And then, and then all the sheep started having spotted sheep. Like Laban always, and then he's like, no, I'm going to get the spotted sheep. Now you get the other sheep. Like it was a mess. It was a mess. Laban always was on Jacob's back. They did not have a good relationship. You could say that Jacob and Laban literally did not like each other. So he sneaks off one night with his family. He had to run away from his father-in-law. His father-in-law goes after him to kill him. He goes chasing after his two daughters, their kids, all of their livestock, everything. He's like, I'm going to kill Jacob because he should have stayed here. There was, it was not a good family. So then this part of the Bible, Jacob took the stones. Okay, so God comes and tells Laban, you, whatever you're planning, don't do it. Don't do it. Whatever you're planning against your family, don't do it. So then Jacob said, why don't we take the stones that we could use to throw at each other? Because that's what you would do. You stoned people when they were bad, when they did bad things. Instead of taking the stone and saying, you did this to me. And you said this to me. And you never showed up for my graduation. And you never went to my football games. And you left my mom. And we were hungry sometimes. We went to bed. Instead of taking the stones that Jacob could have take, took in to throw at Laban, God told him, take those stones, put yours down, and say, everyone, take their stone, and let's build an altar for God. Yes. There's a time, but this isn't that time. This isn't that time. God spoke to my heart, said, yes, you have a stone. You have lots of them you could throw and you could judge and you can point fingers and you can criticize and you can, you have all of the right. But instead of throwing the stone, why don't we gather them and build an altar for God? There's a time to scatter and there's a time to collect and build an altar. May your, our hearts, Heavenly Father, may our hearts be altars for your glory. We decide to put the stone down today to build upon, to build a place that gives you glory. I ask you, Heavenly Father, in this Christmas season, in this time where grace, your grace was born in that manger for everyone, that we would shine, that we would be like you are, and that we would extend grace upon the people that least deserve it. I have hope for my home because it's in you. I have hope in my daughters because it's hope in you. I have hope 
in my family because it's hope in you. Tell them I, I speak life. I speak blessing. I speak forgiveness. And it may all be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.